0: Welcome to Burger King. Can I take your order today? Whitney? No.
1: N- no. What,
0: are you, what are you ordering from Burger King?
1: Nothing, I don't want to be here anymore.
0: Rachel, what are you ordering?
2: Ever since you got rid of your nasty KD Bites, there's nothing more I want to buy.
0: I think we still have KD Bites. They're just rebranded as uh, Cheesy Tots.
2: In that case, I'll take some Cheesy Tots.
0: Yeah, well, there you go. Would anybody be interested in a Roadhouse burger today? Yeah. Honestly, yeah, same. Yeah, okay. Anyway, that was my intro idea. So today on Blanket Fort Books, episode 12, we're going to be talking about toxic relationships in movies that we have each selected.
1: And our lives. No, I'm just kidding.
0: I mean, you can. You can uh, speak on personal experience as well.
1: We're going to give a rundown of every toxic man we've ever encountered. Starting with Gabe. I'm just kidding. I love you. I'm not kidding. I have a a list of toxic things that Gabe has said. (laughs)
0: You have a, I, I thought you just had a list of very, very bad things that i that have slipped out of my mouth. Not necessarily toxic things.
1: Yeah, but they're one and the same.
0: Well, we can agree <laughs> to disagree. They're just things no one should say.
2: Ever. It's true.
0: Yeah, but it's I don't true. stand by any of them. them.
2: It was said.
1: <laughs> well, I'm I, blackmailing you. I've
0: been sued this episode. This is Nationwide. now a courtroom drama and I'm being put away. For
1: can i be the judge
0: uh yeah I, I think that's appropriate
1: cool gabe i guess i'm the de- i'm the the sewer <laughs> the sewer am i the <laughs> prosecutor or the defendant <laughs> i like it called a sewer i,
0: think. I'm, <laughs> oh, I need to be my. defended from the sewer so that makes me a defendant isn't that how law works
2: yeah So for someone that watches the amount of courtroom dramas you do
0: yeah i'm just then, blanking i'm just blanking yeah. right now
2: Well, are you defending yourself then you are the defendant
0: Oh, OK. Well, yeah, I guess so, because
1: I don't Wh- know how you're going to defend yourself. Though. Whitney
0: has a, f- a note on her phone full of problematic quotes that she is blasting me for on Twitter as we speak. So that's I got to defend myself. That's what I'm doing.
1: OK, I will post them. if one singular person asks me to post them, I will, because that means we have a listener. So I no. Will post.
0: It. No, no. Oh
1: <laughs> anyway, I'm Whitney. I'm the I'm prosecutor. Rachel. <laughs> uh, I'm Rachel. I'm the
2: ultimate being. Of you're judging. the judge. The ultimate being of judging.
0: And I'm Gabe, the defendant.
2: This is Blanket Fort Books, the courtroom.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: What are you into, Whitney, this week, other than being a prosecutor sewer? Um, What I am into is a show that I binge watched in like a day and a half, and that is Bridgerton. Which is very popular right now. So I'm sure a lot of people have watched it. When I when I started the first episode, I texted him and said that there was a violin cover of Thank You Next by Ariana Grande. And then he immediately started watching it. Oh my gosh.
0: And then um, episode one had me feeling spicy, so I had to keep going and I'm on like who, episode six.
1: Oh my god. Oh my god, you're getting to the juicy shit. So well the whole ep- the whole season is juicy. But for those who don't know who have been living under a rock, this That's is That's me. I don't know. I have I've been am in the rock. <gasps> You need to watch it because you would fucking love this show. I think you so would. It is. So it is Regency era. There is a Duke. <laughs> That's all you need to know. <laughs> no, it follows a girl named Daphne who starts up like a fake relationship with this guy in order to, this guy being the Duke of Hastings, in order to like The Duke like, attract- of hazards? Sorry. Nope. There are no Daisy Dukes involved. Okay. Um, <laughs> in order to- um, like attract suitors. And I just want to say in like last episode, I think it was when Gabe told me to go to Pornhub for my romance novels. And I said that I wanted like a steamy Regency romance where like they brush hands and it's the sexiest thing ever. That's exactly what Bridgerton is. Okay. Okay.
0: I have to interject. I was hoping it was going to be consistently as spicy as episode one. And maybe I'm just not there yet, but it, it got a little dry for me after a little bit there was a few surprises, some steamy surprises and some nice sights to see if you follow me. But um, like it wasn't as much as I thought. But that's not really I mean, that wasn't the only reason I was watching the show. Say
1: like episode six to eight are the supreme sexiest, like supreme. I think especially the end of episode six and then episode seven. Um, there is a particularly controversial scene in episode seven Oh, um, that I think. If you are sensitive to anything involving, like, um, sexual assault, um, you should look up a trigger warning describing the scene because it is pretty uncomfy and not in the traditional way that you're thinking. Um,
0: I have no idea how that could possibly happen based on what I've seen so far, but that's worrying.
1: And a lot of people are in uproar about that. So if you're sensitive, I would definitely, like, steer clear. Um, Just look up the full description because was a controversial scene um but aside from that the show is really really good and it is based on an eight book series I don't know if you know that Gabe there are eight novels and each one of the novels follows a different Bridgerton sibling so the first season is about Daphne so the first book is about Daphne and then all other seven books follow a different sibling oh my so gosh
0: I so are you saying so incredibly excited are you saying there's possibly going to be like seven seasons of the show
1: hopefully eight so there's one for oh. every oh, book sorry. Yeah. I'm so excited I cannot wait for i like i hope it happens but i cannot wait for the season about anthony because i think he's just so interesting oh also also sorry i'm gonna talk forever um but this is gossip girl but in like 1800s england i
0: noticed yeah (laughs) because
1: there's literally like a gossip column. her name is columnist her name is lady whistledown and everyone follows it and everyone's like oh who is this person you find out at the end by the way um and it's like putting people into scandal and ruining people's lives and they know all of the gossip oh it's just so so good
0: oh my gosh and lady whistledown is narrated by julie Andrews, so it sounds like the queen from shrek 2 is narrating the whole show rachel
2: well that makes me want to watch you
0: have to it's it's wonderful Uh, Um,
2: oh harold
0: i really like how tasteful and just easy to watch it is the only thing i have to say is there's a lot that's given me the eye rolls and some Inconsistent acting, but also some really good acting. So that's the only way things that I find shaky about it. Otherwise, it's a very easy, inoffensive watch. And I think anyone interested in those sorts of things should watch it.
1: I do agree. I think Daphne, the I don't know the girl's name who plays Daphne off the top of my head, but she is spectacular. Mm-hmm. But then, absolutely, a lot of a lot of the side characters. I'm like, wait, didn't she just act completely different like an some, episode ago?
0: Some of the writing is also giving me a little. Uh, Um, But it's like the dialogue, I guess, is what I mean.
1: It's not supposed to be like an award-winning drama. Like, this is definitely kind of like a guilty pleasure show. Yeah. And and I'm totally here for that.
0: I think what makes it so good is that it doesn't try hard. It just is what it is in such a way that it's like, it's just good. There's not a lot to complain about except for, like, I'm sorry, I have to just say it specifically. The Duke of Hastings may be fine AF. However, his acting... mm, not so good (laughs) but he is fine so i guess that's why they casted him
1: yeah Yeah.
0: anyway so
1: it's it's a very addicting show oh
0: i guess i'll update you once i'm finally done
1: yes i'm gonna stop because i could do a whole episode on this but rachel what are you into the hennessy the drink the drink yeah the drink
2: (laughs) i rediscovered it like i used to drink it all the time and then i was at the liquor store and I picked it off the shelf and it was covered in dust. So apparently nobody in our general region drinks this.
1: <laughs> well, it, it's a
0: little expensive. So you were treating well, yourself.
2: I was. Anyway, that was me. Welcome it in 2021.
0: Yeah. Is that I, all
2: you have to say? That's literally it. Like I drank it.
1: Are you going to describe gone. what it tastes like?
2: Um, bourbon.
1: Are there like, <laughs> are there like notes of oak and wild apple?
2: Tastes like alcohol. <laughs>
0: lovely (laughs) but it was expensive
2: yeah i just tapped my credit card and walked away i didn't even look
0: (laughs) but you don't remember
2: i just don't remember gabe what are you into
0: wonderful um well i mean i just jointly discussed bridgerton so we could almost skip me i think
1: that counts unless you had something planned
0: i have honestly only one thing really planned and i could talk about a next episode
1: that works for me because we're
0: at like 20 minutes
1: (laughs)
2: okay yeah i'm sorry
0: okay more like more like 15 to
2: apologize if you've made it this far into the podcast just thank you
0: it'll be shorter after editing (laughs) by a few minutes but we're pretty far
1: i did get a little carried away because i really liked (sighs) richard that's good like i didn't like it
0: enough to be make it the thing i was gonna talk about but since you brought it up that's what happened
2: (laughs) so what movies did we all pick i'm a little bit worried
0: So all three of us will be discussing our movies with full spoilers. If you don't want to find out what happens in these movies, which we will preface, of course, before we talk about them, just skip several minutes ahead, I guess.
1: That are toxic
2: relationships.
1: So we discussed that we were going to tell each other and then Gabe and I put ours in the group and Rachel never said hers. So I'm most curious about what you read. Yeah, she was
0: probably drunk at that time because of the Hennessy.
2: Sorry, this is going to impact this whole episode. So no, um, I, I watched one of my, my, my I don't want to even say my favorites. I rewatched 500 Days of Summer.
0: Oh, okay. That's a good oh. one. That's a good choice. I haven't, I don't, I hardly remember it. So I can't wait to get refreshed on that.
1: Same. I used to I, love that movie, but looking back, I, I don't.
2: It's like one of those ones where you watch it and it's not really good and it's not really bad. But if you're in the mood I was in when I watched it, it just hits, it just hits hard.
0: Mm. Okay.
2: All (laughs) right. So, because I've already started this ball rolling. um, To date, I cannot figure out who is more toxic (laughs) in their relationship because just as a little story of how this goes, Joseph Gordon-Levitt starts the movie by saying, love is great. And I love love and love is perfect. And women, I want to love. That's his thing. And then zoe deschanel is like meh love is dumb (laughs) (laughs) and that's how it starts then they meet and immediately they express these sentiments to each other because they are drinking and they're like love is great and she's like love is dumb and then they start a relationship together continuously through this relationship one is like i want to be in love forever and one is like but we're just friends though right (laughs) And they keep this going on until the emotional turmoil is too much on both sides. Because one's like, you're too pushy. And one's like, why don't you love me? And they do this to the point where it disrupts their work life and they lose jobs. Oh, that's right.
0: (laughs) I remember that. That's like a big deal.
2: And like his friends are like, my once upon a time, super friendly friend is super depressed. And now leaves his apartment in his robe to go get some jack daniels orange juice and twinkies that's all he does that's how depressed he is
0: okay i feel that
2: summer is just like but we were just friends <laughs> and like it's not <laughs> impacted so i'm like who do i think is worse here the girl who said up front i don't want a relationship but then continued the relationship even though she knew that he was going to be falling harder and harder Or is it the guy who was not listening and instead (laughs) wanted to change her to love him? They both suck.
0: I just find that so funny because they're totally, they were totally both just thirsty AF.
2: Yeah, basically. (laughs) They
0: just gravitated towards the nearest attractive person and they were like, yeah.
2: Yeah, but then once they break up, or if you will, they don't really break up. They just, in Zoe Deschanel's eyes, they're just friends who don't hang out anymore. (laughs) Um, she ends up getting married to somebody else. She's like, I just knew. And I'm like, this is a dumb movie, but like, I still think that they're both pretty bad for being that way to each other. Oh. Anyway, what do you guys think about my brief description? Who do you think is more toxic? The one who leads somebody down a road to then break their heart and shatter their world, or the one who thought that. It was gonna work out anyway so they should just keep on going
1: Mm -mm, it's the dude it is the toxic man who's like you friend zoned me and i thought we were gonna be so much more and like ignored everything she said and just like went off of this like fantasy in his head even though she was like straight up telling him i don't know why would she hang out for 500 days she just wanted something casual she was having a fun time
2: i know but honest they had a lot in common They do and if someone's like i want to keep it casual but the person's like i love you i love you i love you don't you think you're gonna be like hey i don't think you can keep this casual peace
1: <laughs> i don't know it feels like the
2: adult thing to do yeah they're why both is that annoying
1: her, why is that her responsibility though she said what she wanted and he couldn't listen to her so it's not her responsibility to be like hey your feelings are too much it's his to be like all right i am obsessed with this girl who clearly doesn't feel the same way so it's his she fault. was unhappy too
2: though like, she was annoyed at him, but then was like, whatever. I'm getting some, so I'm going to stay.
0: Yeah, I don't remember the specifics of that movie, but also, like, just in general, like, if you are, when, like, it's possible you could be afraid to have that conversation with such an emotional doofus like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character. How do you think he'd react if just out of nowhere she brought it up?
2: Well, that does <laughs> happen. But oh, another element that happens is that he gets mad and he's like, listen, we can't hold hands in public and kiss each other all the time and have shower sex if we're just friends. And then he leaves. And then in the middle of a rainy night at like 3 AM, she runs over. She's like, I shouldn't have gotten mad. Fuck. And it kisses him. But then she's like, we don't have to call this anything. And I'm like, okay, just be honest and be yeah. like, I just want a friend to have shower sex with. Not I. anyway. You, you know, it's just like at that point I was like, now you're bad. Why tell someone to stay? if you know they can't
0: it sounds like there's just a conflict yeah, of true. interest in their fantasies and they're yeah, just I trying would, to live them
2: yeah. i went into that trying to pick like who's the the toxic one they both are they're uh, both yeah. delusional yeah.
0: that's a toxic relationship right there
2: yeah yeah it comes from both sides 100 percent. but then the toxic the most toxic element in the movie for me is the writing on the final last five seconds
0: oh what that's happens
2: he Meets a new girl and he's like, I don't want to force it. Like, it's just like instantly he meets her and goes, What's your name? Autumn.
0: Oh my god, I forgot about that. Literally, shoot summer, me in the and face. And it went,
2: Autumn. I was like, Shoot uh, me in the face. Oh my like, god, I forgot. That's awful. I know. I mean, like, I can't expect anything better from that movie, but come on. I like
0: how it didn't really have a happy ending. That was my favorite part about that movie.
2: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, he got optimistic again and she got married. So, I mean, like, it wasn't that's particularly a that's a bad. decent
0: conclusion. Yeah, it like out. it
2: was. Yeah, it needed no more. I would have been annoyed if he married Autumn by the end of it.
0: It was a very un- untraditional romance movie, and I think that's why I appreciated it.
1: Yeah,
2: I do appreciate it.
1: It was good. yeah, Yeah, I feel like those two characters are, like, the two sides of my personality. Like, one's <laughs> like, oh, love is beautiful, and the other one's like, ew, stop. <laughs> yeah,
2: but guess what? At the end, they both get married because it's Hollywood. Mm. Well, Whitney, I mean, Whitney
0: is a Joseph Gordon-Levitt soft boy. Right.
1: I am. You're calling me a soft boy? Yes. Joseph Gordon Levitt style?
0: Yes. In that movie. Um, you just said it was within you, like at sometimes. least partially.
1: Huh. Yeah, but like, I like fictional romance stories, but then when it comes to like real life, I'm like, oh, get away from me.
0: Oh, <laughs> well, that sounds good. That's decent.
1: I think it'll be really fun if at the end of this we determine who's like which toxic relationship was the most toxic. Yeah. Because I think they're all real bad
2: okay well, let's save yours for the last one let's let's okay. ramp it up mine is like this mine could have occurred to 12 year old kids it's true. It's yeah true. So mine's pretty low on the. i mean they suck but they're pretty low on the totem pole of toxicity gabe where do you go what did talk, talk to me Bible.
0: um so with my movie selection the toxic relationship wasn't exactly the main topic of the movie until it kind of was So I watched Midsummer finally. And I'm certainly glad I did, and a little sad I didn't watch it earlier, because it wasn't as scary as I thought it was going to be. Um, Because I thought Hereditary, Ari Aster's previous film, was really unbearably scary. It might have also been because I saw it in the theater, and I didn't watch Midsummer in the theater. But Midsummer was kind of like, I was just kind of calm, and then something gross would happen, and then I'd be like, oh my god. And I was kind of just absorbed the whole time. Anyway, to start out, so Danny and Christian are the people, the relationship that this movie focuses on the most? That between these, these are basically the main characters. Um, so they go to, or I should probably start at the very beginning of the movie. So um, it's important to note that Danny's entire family, except for her, um, her sister, um, who was depressed, and also the movie really enjoyed making it known that she was bipolar because that matters a lot when someone is suicidal. Not sure I agree with the way that was handled, but moving on um, she basically gassed her whole house minus Danny because she was away at the time um, and her parents died in their bed and then she like just died by of the gas. I'm not gonna get that's graphic. It was a freaky part of the movie anyway, so that's devastating. Danny was devastated her whole family she just missed out on her family's suicide that's not good so she was fucked up and her boyfriend christian is just kind of like he finds her like when she discovers it, and he's like oh my goodness and you can't really say do, say or do anything because like what would you say you can't really you can't really do much um however it appears very short shortly after um while well, she's depressed of course and not feeling up for doing much he he uh secretly supposedly by accident decides to go on a little Swedish vacation with some friends. Um, and uh, there's a little, there's a moment where uh, Danny's a little bit offended that uh, he didn't tell her about. And he's like, well, I just kind of forgot. I didn't think you would care. I just want to go on a trip with my friends. And she's like, well, I don't care. Like, let's talk about it. And she's like literally the epitome of the best girlfriend ever. Cause she was like so sad and depressed. And then she just totally is chill and is like, Hey, I'm listening. I just want to understand why you didn't want to tell me and she's giving him all these chances he's like oh you're mad i'm gonna leave i don't want to talk about this and she's like i just want to talk about it and it's okay you can go and then he decides (laughs) instead of just actually just letting it go he makes this big deal and decides to invite her along thinking that is gonna like get her to forget about it the sin that he committed of not telling her about this secret trip which doesn't really make any sense and he's like hey guys i'm gonna invite my girlfriend danny i told her all about it oh, by the way he didn't fill his friends on this at all he, he was just like oh i promise she won't want to go i'm just gonna ask her just so she feels included <laughs> and that that's the part of the movie whitney where i was like i relate because like when i make plans sometimes i, I just don't tell everyone about them <laughs> Yeah, and I, I I kind of like to just operate independently and it's not like a, a slight against anybody I just kind of like to do my own thing and if I'm uncertain about it or feel like it might be potentially embarrassing or controversial I might just keep quiet and that causes some miscommunication sometimes so to anyone that that has affected I apologize but basically he tries to pull one of those um, and you know what Danny's like you know what fuck it let's go to Sweden and he's like Okay, all right. He's just kind of quiet oh, about yeah. it.
1: yeah. And, and he's like... Everyone uh, was so, like, mad.
0: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, it, 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 they get there. They go to this uh, this little co- uh, commune slash farm village of uh, some particularly, you know, bright-faced individuals that, like, live in off the land, and then they immediately, you know, try some magic mushrooms in the field, and they're just vibing. And it seems like it might be going right pretty well. She kind of has a bad trip, though, and um, it gets a little concerning. Her boyfriend's just going to like, oh, man, like... Uh, I can wait. Like, I don't have to take drugs if you don't want to take drugs. And she's like, okay, no, I'll take drugs. Fine, I'll just take drugs. Even though she probably shouldn't have because she's not in a good state of mind. And he kind of, like, fucks off because she needs some time to be alone. Uh, anyway, fast forward a little bit. There's, like, a ritual that takes place that all of them are kind of unfamiliar with um, where basically two old people in this village decide well they don't i don't think they decide it's just commonplace there for them to die at a certain age and the way that they choose to die is by uh jumping off of a cliff and if they don't die when they jump off the cliff they get a gigantic sledgehammer to the skull uh, which is very disgusting. And of course, if you watch, if you're an unsuspecting bystander of such a ritual, that would kind of fuck you up a little bit. And the the tourists to the Swedish uh, farm village are kind of fucked up by it, understandably. And, um, you know, that kind of, especially if you're Danny, whose family uh, just passed away, tragically, seeing such a graphic display is unthinkable. That's fucked. And uh, Christian's reaction to this, Whitney, you remember what his reaction to this is, is basically, I want to do my thesis statement on this community. <laughs> he's like, he, he like, is just like, Danny, you okay? And she's like, no. And then he's, and then he doesn't, he doesn't like follow her or like make sure she's okay. He goes off on his own. He's like, I'm doing my thesis statement on this community. Cause it's interesting. And I think that alone is the biggest like the rudest and like he we know where his interests lie at this point he doesn't give a fuck about danny at this point and all he's done so far is demonstrate like he forgot her birthday at one point like completely forgot had no clue and it's only after one of his friends who also lives in this swedish community and convinced him to go over there uh reminds <laughs> here secondhand that he forgot her birthday so he tells christian he's like By the way, man, I heard you forgot your girlfriend's birthday. And then he's like, okay, I'm going to make you a birthday cake. um it's like she knows like because it happens so suddenly she's like oh my god christian you don't have to what the fuck are you doing then he can't even light the birthday candle which just demonstrates his pathetic awkwardness a little bit more and then like that's kind of the tame part of his like his series of fuck ups it kind of gets a little bit worse but also there's a lot of external factors going on here fucked up shit's happening their friends are disappearing now and you know what Christian still wants to do his fucking thesis statement. He's like, we're staying. And she's like, oh, I guess I'll stay too. Um, And well, but she's not happy about it, but she tries to make the most of it, I guess. And she's getting a little suspicious too. Christian's getting a little suspicious, but you know what? He fucks up again by kind of dismissing a few things. Um, He is made aware. Here's a part. He's made aware that there is a girl who is taking a liking to him and she is like casting a spell a fucked up one at that um where basically uh she is going to seduce him mystically i don't think she realizes though This is just, this is, this really indicates Christian's character. She doesn't realize that she doesn't even have to be mystical about it though, because you know what? Christian's not interested in Danny. And I think we knew that from the start of the film. So uh, fast forward a little bit. Danny becomes the May Queen after winning a Ring Around the Rosie competition. And she's kind of having a good time. And everyone's like, oh my gosh, you are. Wait, what? How
2: do you win? Rock Around the Po- what?
0: A Ring Around the Rosie competition? Thank I don't you, I don't huh. think that's literally what it was, but that's what okay, it looked like to me.
2: because I've played that game, and I don't know how there's a winner. Okay, okay maybe, on.
0: it's probably insensitive, and this is, could possibly be a, an actual Swedish cultural tradition of some sort, but basically they dance in a circle, um, like a bunch of them around this big flower pole, and whoever's dizzy and falls over gets eliminated, and then it whoever- It's called a Maypole. That's a Maypole? Okay, yes. I apologize. So- Whoever's last standing wins and becomes the May Queen in this community. Um, okay. We don't really know what the May Queen does. They, we just know that they are celebrated. So at this point, she becomes the May Queen and she's kind of just like in a state of disbelief. Also, I should add that anyone, any of the characters that have remained at this point are getting like drugged up on some weird mushroom tea, and that's that plays a role throughout the movie. So Christian's just kind of chilling in the field watching her dance, and then becomes she becomes a May Queen, and then they have a dinner, a celebratory dinner, and he is fucked on drugs at this point like he hardly knows what's going on he can't even like speak but she's like okay, thanks, guys. Uh, And they're like, come have a carriage ride. And then she's like, okay, can Christian come with me? And then they're like, no, you got to go alone. So then she's taken off alone to go do some other ritual things that are kind of chill, just like uh, blessing harvests and whatnot for the future of this community and, you know, being a, a queen of sorts and going on a hike and a tour. Meanwhile, it turns out this entire thing was a conspiracy to get Christian to F one of the with a girl that has taken a liking to him because what this community does to make sure that they are, um, you know, still populated is they ensnare people from the outside. And when one of them is particularly interesting, and I guess Christian is one of them, a weak willed character at that. um, He is chosen to reproduce with this girl while uh, Danny is off being a May Queen doing some things. And he's like, so effed at this point, like he's basically Like he bangs this girl and he's just kind of like, okay, but like, he doesn't really know what else to do at this point. And then Danny, the May queen is like, she's back. She's, you know, going to supposed to go have, like go relax or something. But she's like, where's Christian? She finds out that he's in this barn (laughs) effing that girl who is gonna bear the next child this blessed child and um she's like oh my goodness and she loses her shit and then also the villagers lose their shit along with her with a very ominous scene um because that's she all she knows is that her boyfriend was fucking somebody so on, on one hand christian was fucked up on drugs but on the other hand um you'd have to wonder did he want to go on this trip, maybe on the DL to have like a, a little a little side thing going on? Do you think he'd get some go have some fun mushroom times in the fields? Um, or was he just so high that he didn't know what was happening and felt pressured into the situation? Who knows? But anyway, he was the one that chose to stay there because of the uh, thesis of selfish reasoning, even though his girlfriend, who has a lot of emotional baggage, doesn't want to stay there. Um, so, anyway, uh, he's got fucked up by drugs to the point where he is sitting in a wheelchair and they're just lugging him around. And the May Queen has another duty that is revealed that she has to sacrifice one more person to make this big old bonfire. So, she ch- is pissed off because she saw him cheating and realized that, like, he's fucked. As a person and she decides he is gonna go get burned alive in a bear carcass in this big ol' uh bonfire and you know the movie's pretty much non-verbal at this point and you just watch it happen and then the movie ends with her smiling as she watches the bonfire burn and then it's like i, I also learned that ari aster while developing this movie was going through a bad breakup and i'm like yeah definitely ex- like explains the movie subject matter dude definitely needs to go to therapy um my take on this is that uh christian is a very weak-willed individual that probably should have just ended the relationship and gone off on his own but he felt too guilty i guess to abandon danny in such a state but there's nothing that ever really reveals that so depending on who you are and how you feel about miscommunications Also, miscommunications that are caused by being under the influence of drugs and monogamy. You might have a different reaction to the end of this movie. I just know that it's not a good first date movie um, from what I've gathered. And if that relationship wasn't so toxic, I feel like Danny's life might have turned out a little better. Who knows what happens to her after becoming the May Queen at the end of the film? Not too sure. She probably gets sacrificed too, for all we know. But that's, I'm sorry I went on for so long. I just don't know how else to explain everything in that movie. I'll cut it down.
1: (laughs) I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it because I felt like I just rewatched the movie and you brought back all my trauma.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Rachel, are you awake?
1: I am awake. And that sounds like a
2: very complex, weird movie.
0: Yeah. So like in terms of the toxic relationship, how are you guys feeling about that? Because I I feel like I explained it thoroughly.
1: (laughs) Somebody died. So it's definitely a tear above mine. Um. I mean, Christian is, like, literally the worst dude and the worst boyfriend ever. He's so shitty. I'm gonna be honest,
0: I feel like he could have been worse, though. Like, he was just pretty subpar, and then his selfish decisions just did cement his shittiness. But he wasn't, like, actively abusive or anything from the get-go.
1: That's true, but he was so, like, he gaslit her and manipulated her so hard. And, like, in the beginning, like, right after her whole family died, um, there's like a scene, if I remember correctly, where he's like just sitting around with his buddies and they're all just like, oh, Danny won't stop crying. Oh. And they're just like calling her an emotional bitch, basically, because she's upset and she's a kill. But her whole family just died.
0: Yeah, like, I, and they, No bro. one seems to understand the gravity of such a situation because like that's that's completely messed up. And the, the only thing I have to say, though, this just might be my opinion. I don't think anyone could do anything to me that would make me want to burn them alive because I just feel like that's really extreme. But I see where she's coming from.
1: I don't think that like a month before this movie took place, I don't think that Danny would have done that even if christian like cheated on her and did all that stuff i think you have to take into account the drugs and the terrifying cult that they have been welcomed into yes and the situation and everything going on because i think if you were in that situation you might make the same decisions because
0: it's true because like
1: there was a lot happening
0: because the thing that the thing that's apparently controversial about this ending and people have like had Arguments as a couple over this conclusion, saying that he deserved to be burned alive for cheating on her alone. And while others would be like, I don't know if he really deserved that. And I'm like, well, he was like, he basically is responsible for all of the friends who went there getting killed and not leaving sooner because of how fucked up it was. So I feel like he's he is kind of a villain here, but I don't think anyone should be burned alive but if if that's how danny feels better sure (laughs) but as far as danny knew is like he was doing this deliberately secretly behind her back and he was just effed up because every time he got drugged up she wasn't aware of it after a certain point i don't think she knew how far gone he was
1: yeah i interpreted it differently though because i don't think I don't even think Danny was, like, getting revenge on Christian. Like, I don't think it was like, oh, he cheated on me. Like, fuck him. I'm going to burn him alive in a bear suit. I think it was more so the fact that she underwent a lot of trauma all at once. um, And then a lot of drugs. And I think her psychological state was, like, fractured down the middle. And then she was suddenly put in this position of power where everyone was worshipping her. And everyone was looking up to her. And she was like fuck Christian, he never treated me like this, I never wanted this, like, right. I'm gonna let go of my entire life. You my just reminded world, me,
0: like... you just reminded me, a part I kind of skipped over here by accident because I. it's very worth noting is that like, a big part of this movie is like, you learn that Danny wants to have care, she wants to be held, like that's like, that is something that this Swedish community has offered her that she has not felt mm-hmm. before, so she feels like being held in such high regard is like, euphoric to her and at that moment i guess christian doesn't matter so like what you said makes perfect sense and i th- I just think like the the relationship bitterness seeps through from ariaster's breakup into that ending to kind yeah. of give you a little bit of a takeaway um yeah but there is there are like that's why i said earlier on there's a lot of external factors going on into this decision making but christian is a is, the subpar boyfriend that turns into a shitty, v- manipulative villain. That's that's the short version.
1: Yeah. He's literally like, I feel like I like a thousand men like him. Like he is the like if you Google mansplaining, his picture comes up,
0: or like, or the word aloof.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: <laughs> that's what I. That's the word that comes to mind for the majority of yeah. it. Yeah,
1: like his whole shit with his thesis. I was like rolling my eyes. I was, like, You would. Yeah. That was the only like, reason he, they stayed. Yeah. You would like meet him at a bar and then you'd be like you or you'd order like a whiskey and he'd be like, actually, do you know like the the backstory behind whiskey and like why it's like so important to our culture? Like you have no idea.
0: The, th- the thing is, <laughs> like, that's is, that's is, I feel like he wouldn't upfront say that he would just start acting angry and bothered and then he would have to be asked, I'm sorry, did mm-hmm. I do something to upset you? And then he would explain whiskey. <laughs>
1: it's true because
0: <laughs> <laughs> he does kind of act like a child
1: yeah he does he has no emotional intelligence
0: yeah just kind of living for himself and not taking mm. responsibility ever yeah anyway well except for the birthday thing but that was kind of half-assed and obvious af so I, yeah um that I was like his try i
1: shouldn't do that yeah, yeah he, that didn't even that wasn't even like genuine from his heart it was like oh you forgot danny's birthday i think he
0: wanted like, oh, to look good in front of the guys yeah. kind of cuz he yeah. it was he was like exposed
1: yeah 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 well that is a pretty toxic relationship
0: oh, okay i might watch the extended version cuz apparently i didn't and maybe i'd have more to say some more clues and whatnot if i did watch the yeah, extended I don't version
1: think, but no i didn't watch that one um the fact that the entire movie t- takes place in like such bright daylight made it like even scarier because everything that happened was just like it was so bright yeah you you get a a sense of nightmare but everything was like
0: you get a sense of safety from that and then something really fucked happens you're like whoa so yeah that's that's kind of how that happened to be however i feel like the presentation of that movie and just the pacing of things was kind of like slow burn as you hinted at the ending last time we talked about it and i didn't even realize it um it's it is so slow to the point where it's kind of calming to watch because it's so beautiful and there's lots of long pauses of like no dialogue and just things to look at but there is an ominous tone to it all in the backdrop so that's what made it a little more tolerable to me instead of the paranormal mystery of darkness that is hereditary
1: yeah yeah it's very different what did you watch with me um so, the movie that I decided to go with um, was Big Eyes, which came out in 2014 and was directed by Tim Burton, and stars the queen herself, probably my favorite actress, Amy Adams, which is like the sole mm. reason I watched it, not going to mm-hmm. lie. love Amy Adams. I do love Amy Adams. Um, it also stars Christoph Waltz, and this is a biopic, and it is about the artist Margaret Keene, who is famous now for her um, Big Eye. Eye art pieces. <laughs> um, I'm positive that you've seen them. They're like most of the time like young girls or young they children. The, like, and they, they have
2: cartoonies like... and they have like the long hair, the cartoony, giant um, eyed girls. With the...
1: I think so. I think we're talking about the same thing. They have like okay. just the huge, exaggerated eyes. Yeah. 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 Um, so this is about her. This takes place in the 1950s, obviously, because that's when she lived. Um, and it is about how her husband, Walter Keene, took credit for all of her work in the 60s. She, so this movie starts out with um, Margaret Keene. She had just left her husband, um, and it says she left her husband before it was fashionable to do so. So she was, like, very much like an outcast, and everyone was like, oh, my God, you left your husband. Um, and she has a young daughter, and she is doing her art, but nothing is, like, out there yet. She hasn't really had much success or, like, put it out anywhere yet. And then she meets Walter Keene, and is, like, immediately they're taken with each other. He is so incredibly charming. They meet when she has her work at like a a farmer's market and nobody is really coming up to her stand to like buy her work or get like she does like custom portraits of people with the big eyes. Um but everyone is like surrounding his booth when he is selling um paintings of Paris streets and it's because he's so like charismatic and charming and he has like these big pitches and he comes over and introduces himself and then they go on a date and then they like fall in love and very, very quickly they get married because her ex husband is trying to get full custody of her daughter because she's an unfit mother because she's a single mother who left her husband so she's clearly unstable um so her and walter get married like right away they've known each other for like two weeks and they get married um and walter is very very adamant on getting margaret's work out there so he kind of makes a deal with this like shady bar to get her stuff hung up and she does and some people start taking interest and then There is someone of note who comes and, like, really, really likes the art. And they're like, are you the artist? And he looks at the painting and in the corner where it's signed, it just says keen. And he's liking the attention. So he's like, yeah, these are mine. I did them. Um, So then he sells some art and he starts making lots of money. And then he goes home to his wife and he's like, there was a misunderstanding. Like, they thought I was the artist. Like, oh, how funny is that? That's so crazy. And she was like, "Okay, never do that again. Like, that's my life's work. That is my soul. Don't steal my art. And he's like, oh, no, of course I wouldn't. I would never do that on purpose. It was just a misunderstanding. And he goes back to the bar and he is doing this like big pitch and he's selling work and they're making like lots of money and they're getting real rich off these these art pieces. And she shows up at the bar and she overhears him explaining his artistic process and how he painted these pieces. And she is like so upset, so upset Um And he kind of just explains it as like, well, like people buy more art if they can like meet the artist. And she was like, you told me I can't come with you. That's why they haven't been able to meet the artist. Um, And he just kind of like brushes her off and like is gaslighting her so hard. And he's just like, why are you upset? This is nothing to be upset over. Like we're making money. It's the keen name. Like you're married to me. So like, even if I'm getting the credit, like you're my wife. So you're still getting credit. Um, And it's like so ridiculous. Um, And as the movie goes on and on, Walter develops more of a dependency on alcohol and develops, um, like the power really gets to him. So he like needs to be important. Um, he is like the definition of a narcissist and he needs to be loved. So he's constantly just trying to do the the next best thing, the bigger thing. So he's like pushing Margaret really hard to like produce these paintings. And he makes her even lie to her daughter and say, like, be like, oh, that's, that's not my work. Like, oh, all those paintings are Walter's like whatever you remember me painting like no that's that's not true like he does it all um and she starts like lying to her friends and stuff and it's just like really sad because she she just wants like him to be happy because he's so like demanding of her but it's also like so far in that she doesn't know how to come out and say it because he's constantly like we committed fraud like if anyone ever knows then like we're both gonna get in so much trouble Mm -hmm. um just so unfair there is a scene when <laughs> um, when she finally comes out and she like goes on a radio show and someone's like, um, so your husband is such an incredible artist, like you must be so proud. And that's just like the tipping point. And she's like, "Uh, uh-uh, I am not. Those, that's my work. Like he did not do any of that. I did it. And um, it goes to court to figure out who's the real artist. And this scene is comedy gold. Like he um, Walter defends himself in court and he makes the whole thing yeah yeah. um he makes the whole thing like a performance he's like literally like trying to like dance and like (laughs) the judge is like so it's so funny he wants like he's literally just performing for the crowd and he's asking stupid unrelated questions and he's chicago so over the top basically and it is so 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 funny like that scene is just amazing cinematic gold Um, and then it comes down to it where the judge is just like, bro, shut the hell up. We have been here forever. Um, I am going to give you both a canvas and you have an hour. Do me a painting. Whoever's painting matches the ones that we are fighting over is obviously the artist. So that happens. And the entire time, well, um, Margaret is painting her painting, which looks exactly like the others, obviously. He's just sitting there and he's like, I'm waiting for the muse to come to me. And he's just staring at the blank canvas. And he's like, it's a process. Like it'll come to me and then I'll be able to paint. And then when they're almost out of time, he's like, oh, I hurt my shoulder. I don't think I'm (laughs) going to be able to paint today. (laughs) Wow, And it's so funny. Um, And I skipped over it by accident, but there's also a scene where Margaret is like going through the attic and she finds um, the old pictures that he used to paint of the Paris streets. And the entire movie, oh my god, all he talks about is Paris and he's like, I lived in Paris, I am Paris, I worked in Paris, this is my soul, I belong in Paris. Like the whole scene, he won't shut up about it. Oh my god. And she finds these these paintings of a Paris, um, like streets that he was trying to sell, and the, the name is painted over, so she like scrapes it off with her fingernail, and it's a completely different name. So she addresses <laughs> oh. him, yeah, she addresses him and he's like, how dare you like paris is my blood i lived there for two weeks it was everything and then she's like did you ever even go to paris and he's like oh, you just don't understand how hard it is to be <laughs> but it's like so funny it's so bad but then um after everything or i think this is before court actually i skipped around a little bit but he comes home and he's like absolutely like crazy and he is trying to kill her and her daughter he locks them in the art studio he starts shoving lit matches through the um keyhole where there's like a ton of like paint thinner and stuff and it's like so insane he goes on such a power trip like you really see the evolution of him like being like a nice guy oh he really loves his wife to being like an actual like narcissistic demon who needs to be like god in order to be happy um and it is so crazy it is the most toxic relationship i've ever seen there's also a scene where they're doing an interview in their house and some random like teenage girl comes in and he's like oh hey it's my daughter and margaret's like you have a daughter and he's like yeah from my last marriage i thought i mentioned it i'm supposed to see her like every other week but i never do and then she's like what and he is such an asshole and it's like well i put up with your daughter all this time you can put up with mine i, was like, I love oh, this guy
2: he sounds like a gem oh.
1: He's great. My favorite part too is if you look up um, Walter Keane on Wikipedia, in, like, where it says like known for, his just says known for plagiarism. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, so that is their toxic relationship. This movie was actually really, really good. It was like unlike any Tim Burton movie I've ever seen. Um, and there is also a scene. There's like a montage of just like Amy Adams painting, and in the background a Lana Del Rey song plays. Mm-hmm. It was lovely. It was beautiful. Um, it was unfortunately produced by Harvey Weinstein, which I didn't know until I was already into the movie. So that needs to be noted. I'm so sorry.
0: Oh, he's in jail, though. And he probably didn't even look at oh. the film with his own eyeballs. So,
1: yeah, it's true. It's you can feel better about true. that. Yeah, he he got he got his what was coming to him. Um, but yeah, that's all I have to say. That was my toxic relationship movie. And I feel like it was the epitome of a toxic relationship
0: so who was more delusional the couple in 500 days of summer or that guy walter Keane?
1: well i don't really
2: know what was her demeanor about this like she was instantly offended right when she started getting yeah she was
1: offended but yeah so she was offended at first but then he was such a good manipulator and gaslighter that she was kind of like okay well like he's right like we're getting money from it that's all that matters Um, And he started doing stupid shit where he was like, um, instead of selling like one giant painting for like $500, why don't we make 500 um, prints of it and sell them for a dollar? And it was like stuff like that that he was doing that was like invalidating her. And she was like, and then, oh, the worst part is like, he wanted to have a masterpiece. Like he wanted, he hyped it up and he was like, this is going to be my masterpiece, which I don't think you can just like claim you can't just like release a masterpiece but so he pushed her super hard to make this like giant painting and then when it got released it got criticized really bad nobody liked it and he got super mad at her and was like this is my name drug through the mud like it's your work i don't know why it's associated with me like as soon as things start going bad he's like well fuck you like you didn't do anything right like everyone should know that it's you (laughs) you oh my god and the whole time she was like very yeah she she was just so manipulated and she it it got like so far in that she's like well i can't come out now and you know he's right he's he's doing what's right for us like i know he is that but then she stood up for herself in the end and it was great
2: good well see because i don't think like she is delusional within her own control but in 500 days days of summer they're both denying the obvious so they're stupid delusional Mm mm-hmm
1: yeah, I don't think Margaret Keane did anything wrong at all. Totally
2: she not. Was, like, straight
1: up, just manipulated. But. I'm looking up paintings
2: right now. I think I found the one that that they didn't. Everyone criticized.
1: It's the one with like a ton of kids. Yeah, it's that one. It's that one.
2: Yes, everyone listening, it's that one.
1: It's,
0: <laughs> looks nice to me.
1: <laughs> it's really good. It's great. There's like a ton of the big-eyed kids all like on a staircase. Yeah. Um, it's great. Work. In the she desert. Does. yeah there was some significance that now i'm like forgetting but it was supposed to like like be like every culture come together or something okay husband he was also like a A toxic human to the world and he stole her artwork which is shitty Mm -hmm. and then like would never even admit it like even when they were in court and he knew he couldn't paint it he was like oh my shoulder
0: yeah he was far (laughs) gone if he was really just
1: yeah yep
0: going for that and she ended
1: up winning everything obviously (laughs)
0: But, With the undeniable evidence of her literally painting,
1: <laughs> yeah, And the judge was like the first person who, like, wasn't won over. Like in the movie, obviously, who wasn't won over by um by Walter Keene's BS. Like he's so used to getting by on just being like outgoing and charismatic and charming. And the judge was like, "Shut the fuck up, buddy." Well, that's a relief. <laughs> was great. Yeah, it was great. It was really good. I recommend the movie a lot. Everyone needs to watch it.
0: I will, even though I know what happens. It still sounds really interesting and fun.
1: Yeah, it's still worth a watch, even though you got spoilers. So, who do we think has the most toxic? Because I think they're all very toxic. Whitney, I think you win because the guy is a psycho.
0: Yeah, he said he was trying to kill.
1: Yeah, he was a psycho. Yeah,
0: people and. Oh
1: yeah, he did try to kill her. He was <laughs> yeah. like
0: living in his own world, like so stubbornly
2: yeah yeah he was really on a different planet mine were just in grade seven perpetually
0: and mine was an aloof boyfriend
2: (laughs) who got really high
0: yeah like too high and i think she was high too but he wouldn't have made different decisions whether or not she was high
1: (laughs) yeah yeah it's true my notes for this movie are really funny because it just says harvey sad face lana del rey narcissist amy adams that's like all i have written down here
0: oh i just love it recited <laughs> midsummer from memory that
2: i live it. yeah
1: do you have questions um question? i do have a question um my question has nothing to do with the topic of today okay Ooh. i usually try to like link it to the episode but i'm really struggling to come up with questions so i'm sorry well, This is my favorite segment so. but it is a fun time
0: you said you had a notebook full of um, them um
1: I do have some, but none of them are great. <laughs> oh. Um, okay, so your life is now a video game, and you have the ability to create your own cheat codes. So, what would you create? Okay. Um, can I do a cheat? Let's where say I, you have. I get my paycheck even though I don't to work. You have five cheat codes. Sure. You only have five yeah. cheat codes, so like the five, the five things that you want. Five. Okay. Getting paid, no job.
0: Yeah, sounds pretty. That's good.
1: a good one not being
2: able to consume food after my maximum calorie intake of the day that's a cheat code
1: i feel like i would do the opposite and like food doesn't have like any impact on weight and i could eat as much as i want true um i would be toned every
2: time i clicked the button to be toned (laughs) i just have to put a jillian michaels uh dvd in and then it works on me without me moving
1: just have to watch it and then i've, I've done the exercise
2: mm-hmm. yeah um so three um every time my cup was empty it would fill back up with what was in it before
0: yeah that's
2: a good one
0: that saves Hennessey. a lot of time of me refilling yeah. my fucking water bottle
2: i was thinking hennessy but yes water <laughs> um hmm. every time i clap my hands three times i get another animal to have as a pet
1: so that's a great one
0: good luck taking care of them
2: also, every time I clap my hands four times, now we're into six codes, four times somebody deals with the mess they made. Okay, done.
0: Sounds good. So I would, I would want a walk anywhere cheat. So, like, I could just literally step through the wall of my bedroom and then be outside 20 feet in the air, but still walking. And then I could continue to walk until I'm, like, just walking over the ocean. And I can just, like, go through walls and buildings. So just, like. That's just a no-clip cheat code for real life. Um, Also, invisibility. No one would see me, so I could combine those two at the same time and just like literally go anywhere. Um, Another one would have to be... uh, Oh, it just slipped my mind. What was it? It was a good one. Oh, uh, basically, character creator at any time. So basically, I could just uh, wish that I looked a certain way and it would happen. Um, oh, that's a good one. and, or I could just like pinch my nose and it would get smaller, for example, or I could just like wave my hand and my hair color would change type of thing. Um, I guess there's the problem of like, people would notice if I was looking different. I don't really know how we would deal with that, but cause there's really no point if no one notices. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I would just do subtle changes over time. And you could just say it was plastic surgery, except this would be better than plastic surgery by far, because it would be a cheat code. So I'm at three, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Also, just freezing time, just stopping it so I could like sleep. So this bypasses, I think, a lot of cheats that I could potentially ask for, because if I can pause time, I can still sleep. I can still eat. I can still go to the bathroom, but no time passes. So it's like I'm not even doing it. And that could apply to so many different things. I could also freeze time to move really quickly. So I don't need a moving really quick cheat code or anything like that. So that's definitely a really important one. I, one thing I am tempted to say is like the ability to like rewind like a certain amount of time and try again, but I might give that one up totally for like unlimited money, but it would just act in the form of like a visa that never ran out and was not measured by anything or anyone. So that's four. And then my fifth one would probably have to be, oh no, I wouldn't want to do mind reading. Cause I think I would just learn things that people were thinking that would be very upsetting to me. Um,
1: yeah. I'm too sensitive for mind reading.
0: Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just trying to think of a way around that to kind of get the essence of mind reading without actually doing it.
2: What about the guy from Adventure Time who has approximate mo- knowledge of many things?
0: What is it? What is that? I forget. I don't know.
2: And there's just a cat that knows closely to the truth, but never accurately. Oh, of no. Everything. I feel like so that would like, cause me trouble. Well, he's like I like when he's trying to find Jake and Finn in a big chamber place. He's like, I know where you might
1: be, and like hmm. that's his, that's his secret power. I feel like I would just want to know every like good thought that someone has none of the bad ones
0: -hmm. i want to say maybe just like a cheat code that would give me like maximum charisma without me even knowing it so i could just like be myself but then everyone would be like oh my gosh he's brilliant is that me being narcissistic i might need to go to a psychologist for that one but i think that's a pretty solid cheat code if you could just be everything you said was like
2: Mm -hmm.
0: gold (laughs) But I feel yeah. I feel like I feel like I might be pushing it with that one in terms of the narcissism so that's not really a priority because that could if everything I say means something everything I say would mean nothing and no one would react genuinely so maybe that's not a good choice but I'll just stick with that one for now so that'll, that'll be my five things
1: Those were great answers and I fully agree I feel like the only one that I would like really want to have is like the ability to communicate. Um, in any language, including two animals.
0: (laughs) Oh my gosh. I didn't even think of that. I would definitely swap out my last cheat code for that. So I could like talk to cats.
1: I want to talk to my cat, but I also want to talk to anyone who doesn't speak English.
0: Yeah. And then you would just, it would just appear that you knew every language and then you could like just have the benefits of knowing all the languages. Yeah. I would definitely pick that one as my final cheat code. And I think that is a perfect (laughs)
1: list. That sounds like a great video game let's contact EA get them to change the sims
0: i mean we can already do like all of that in the sims with cheat codes i just need ea it's to true. apply it to real life but i also don't want to live in a reality where ea is running real life cuz then you would have to pay like 5.99 for your birthday party or you'd have to pay yeah. like 12.99 to like be in a relationship beyond mm-hmm. just talking
1: <laughs> i don't like- know it would be an even more extreme version of capitalism.
0: Yeah, where basic human things would cost extra.
1: Yeah. But anyway, I think that about wraps up our episode. This was a fun one.
0: Yeah, that was. I was excited to have that discussion, and it really sounded like I prepared my answer for your cheat codes, but I think that just reveals that I've thought about it before.
1: Yeah, well, you play a lot of video games.
0: Yeah, so naturally I would think about it.
2: Everybody yeah, tweet so us about can, the toxic um, people in your lives.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah, we want to know everything and then we'll read them next episode. We didn't They'll end expose up them.
0: We didn't end up venting a lot about our personal experiences, but I think that's because the fictional ones were more interesting.
1: Definitely. Just stay away from Virgos. That's all I have to say.
0: You know what? I think me and Whitney really want to say is just stay away from men. Yeah. Cuz they're not good. I don't want
1: to be that i don't want to be that person but like men suck
0: like i shouldn't be on this podcast it would be better without my voice but here Um, i am
1: okay i'm gonna correct that um
0: i'm not looking for validation it's just a fact
1: (laughs) no i understand but i want to just correct that straight white men suck (laughs) but you don't suck as much as the average man
0: okay I'll take that. That's all I need to know, really. I will stay alive as long as that fact remains true. If it doesn't, then that's it. That's not worth living for.
1: That's the greatest compliment.
0: Yeah. I don't need anything better. I can live with that. <laughs>
1: um, you can find us at Blanket Fort Book on Twitter. This podcast is on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcasts, basically anywhere you can listen to podcasts. If it's not, let me know and I'll make that happen. Um, and I am Whitney, and you can follow me on Twitter at WhitneyWisdoms Wisdoms or on YouTube and
0: wisdom
1: and i am I oh am i'm waiting for gabe
0: okay <laughs> and i am board seed or gabe on board seed on twitter
2: i'm abrams records on twitter and i'm pretty sure i'm still listed as mc hot waffle mm-hmm. so
0: i know you definitely are
1: sweet follow me love it and we will talk to you next time bye, bye. all right
0: thanks for listening bye